0: Hello and welcome to Move the Line presented by WinBets. Download the WinBet app today, enter our promo code 444, receive a risk free $1,000 bet. I'm Ryan Noonan, joined here as always by Connor Allen. What's going on, buddy?
1: Not much. I really, really, really like the graphics that Sal has put up on the screen here. You got me in a Dolphins hoodie uh, and you in a Patriots hoodie. Um, as you know, I'm sure that that was an overlay of Bill Belichick and the Dolphins coach was at the time, uh, maybe it's
0: even a Nick Saban right there. Like I would, I can't, I don't I can't know imagine Belichick yeah. getting that cozy with any non-Saban yeah. Dolphins coaches in the last uh, handful of years. So yeah. perhaps, perhaps that's him.
1: Yeah, it's great. But either way, I'm doing well. Uh, you know, excited for another week of football. It's, uh, I mean, it's another crazy week though, with seemingly not knowing who's going to play up until actually game time and, and actives are announced. So we'll see. I guess.
0: Yeah, so that's part of it. Part of why it is just you and I here today. Uh, it, it's also, you know, obviously the holiday season. And, you know, again, this is, we talked about this on the Prop Drop Show the other night. This is probably the, you know, into this is a first world problems, But from a, a content creating standpoint, this is a very challenging time as well. There's just, it's hard to, say, handicap these games. It's hard to write articles handicapping these games. It is it's difficult to ask people, in a truncated week to give us their free time to come on and spend an hour, hour and a half with us. So we didn't even bother this week. Connor's traveling. Uh, just a lot going on. We'll do our best, as we typically try to do in this spot anyway, right? It's a Wednesday night record. We are always, you know, a handful of hours, days out from the actual games. So we always try to have it to be kind of a, an overview of the slate. As Connor mentioned, very difficult with so the added layer of not knowing who's in, who's out from previous COVID, who's going to be out, you know, by the time this is in your your podcast feed in the morning, we just don't know. So these are going to be tricky times for us. We do our best again with all the information we have currently as it stands now to give you an overview of the slates, some of our leans, some of the plays we've already made, uh, things of that nature. We will be doing the prop drop show uh, as we always do as a reminder, move the line. Is a uh, a twice-a-week show. This is the Wednesday game-by-game breakdown. Typically, Fridays is our prop drop show. We try to wait a little bit. Uh, We're hoping to get more action. We're going to do our best. Uh, We're going to record and do that live here on YouTube, uh, and that'll be in your podcast feeds on Friday morning, but live on YouTube during Thursday Night Football, starting right around halftime of that Niners and Titans game on Thursday. So tune in, Connor. Uh, hopefully prop stars, prop stars a little under the weather today. So hopefully he's feeling better tomorrow. Uh, otherwise I'm not quite sure what we're going to have there. I don't even know what we did last week, but somehow we had like an hour and a half prop drop show without really any props to talk about. But uh, that is kind of the nature of that show. We enjoy that quite a bit. So, uh, like I said, you know, we're going to do our best to kind of fly through this, Uh, you know, not going to get too much in the weeds because some of these spots from what we know now with kind of the rule changes that the league is looking to maybe implement as far as, getting guys back active after testing positive. Like we just don't know. It's so fluid right now. So we will uh, try to fly through it a little bit here to give you some actionable information. Again, we want to remind you, head over to 44.com slash plans. This is in the show notes. we got NBA live props every day. Uh, Discord is popping and we want to make sure you take advantage of that. $44 for a betting sub. It's going to take you through the end of February. Definitely worth it. Uh, we're two weeks away from golf being back. Uh, the betting sub is also going to take you, obviously, through the end of the Super Bowl, get you all of those picks too. So, uh, Connor, let's jump into it, man. We'll give you our first game. Uh, we have uh, a couple of Christmas games. We have uh, first the Browns are on the road in Green Bay. Green Bay is laying 7.5 here at home. 44.5 is the total. We have uh, an NFC North that is completely up for grabs. Uh, Browns had an opportunity to take over the top spot with a win against the Raiders on Monday, a late three and outs, and a couple of quick Derek Carr completions put the Raiders in field goal position there. now completely turns the the Browns are in dead last uh, in the division. So quick turnaround again, considering all the COVID issues they had last week, you know, they had like 18 guys, I think like nine or 10 starters. So some of them came back today. Some got added to that list. Uh, They added uh, Greg Newsom at cornerback. He's now on the COVID list. That's not a spot you want to be in. You don't want to be short defensive backs heading to Green Bay against Aaron Rodgers here. Uh, I took this in the look aheads Connor, at six and a half. It's the only thing I have on the books currently. I sent it to you. I know you didn't take it. Did you? Why why did you send it to me? Um, If I didn't send it to you, I'd definitely put it in the Discord. You probably put put it it. in the
1: Discord because I I think. Why why would I
0: send it to you anymore? It's yeah, you're no right.
1: Time. I don't, I don't, I don't tailor you as much as I should. I, I have a few times, but not as much as I should.
0: So six and a half in the look aheads, seven and a half. Oh, I don't know so much. Uh, I did write up uh, today team totals. I took the Packers over twenty six and a half, which I think is a nice lean. Uh, what are your looks here? I mean, I just thought it was crazy how the Browns
1: down, like, I mean, their entire team, like, I mean, seventy five percent of their starters yeah. were able to potentially beat the Raiders at like I mean close-ish to full health like I mean like a relatively normal Raiders team I thought that that was insane so now you're catching the Packers at home against this Browns team that probably should have most of their guys back but I mean it's been a how many of these guys are practicing how many of them are practicing at like full amounts and with COVID coming in like the protocols like all those guys are going to be like slowly kind of brought back throughout the week I think it's gonna be a mess uh, if you can find this at seven, I love it at seven, seven and a half. I think it's still playable. I think the Packers here are the right side and the team total is a good look as well. So, uh,
0: yeah, I would take the team total up till 27. I don't know yeah. that I'd be, you know, once we get over that a little bit, considering how we know the Packers want to play. Um, I think considering that they'll be able to run, I think against the Browns who do lean a little bit more, um, you know, they're better against the run than they are against the pass. And again, news them out too that makes it a little bit more complicated, but uh, yeah, I think the Packers are the side here. And uh, yeah, like I said, I don't know that we're going to see sevens again, but uh, if you see a seven, take a look. I mean, we don't have any news as far as a lot of these starters on the Brown side. We don't know who's quarterbacking this game, all those things. So keep a lookout. I definitely feel like the Packers are the side to be on. All right. Next on Saturday as well, we have the Colts on the road in Arizona. The Cardinals just one point favorites now. 49 is the total. This is a spot I highlighted last week in the look ahead lines article, but I thought we were going to be able to hold off on betting it early because I was convinced that it would be more than three. This is four in the look ahead lines. But again, the, the Colts win against the Patriots. And I think more importantly, the Lions blowing the doors off of Arizona move this to under three everywhere. And pretty quickly, You know that this spot was Exciting to me because the Colts' run game, which is a problem right now for anyone they're facing. They are running at will against everyone. And then the Cardinals are a team that we've tried to exploit against good running backs. They are 32nd, dead last, and explosive run rate allowed in the league. Sets up for a nice spot for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Cardinals also showed some limitations offensively without DeAndre Hopkins. It was surprising to see them come out flat, considering that they lost the week prior against the Rams as well. But here we are. Now we are uh, – One basically painted across the board. I'll be honest, I thought I liked three and a half. I liked four on the Colts side. This feels a little bit like an overreaction. I I don't know. I I, give me your thoughts here.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you mentioned it. The biggest mismatch here is that the Colts want to run the ball. They know that Jonathan Taylor's going to be good. And then you're getting catching an Arizona Cardinals team. 15th run DVOA 25th in rushing success rate allowed dead last explosive run rate 23rd in adjusted line yards. Um, I mean, this is just, it's tough because, a team that you know what they're going to want to do and they're going to do it is catching a team. That's not really good at defending. Like, I mean, they're not awful in a DVOA aspect, but overall, like I would say that they're not very good at defending the run. So it's tough for me to back the Cardinals here. Uh, but I think if anything, if you do want to back the Cardinals, I'd almost lean towards the over because I think the Colts are going to have a decent amount of offensive success here. So um, I think the Colts are probably the right side for me, but I just don't have enough faith in the Cardinals. They're they're a tough team for me this year to actually like, handicap, to be honest, because we've seen the highs. The highs are like an elite top three team. We've seen the lows. So yeah. uh, I'm kind of somewhere in between at this point.
0: Yeah, I like the Colts if we were getting three or more, but now I feel that we're closer to a pick em.
1: Yeah. I feel
0: like this is a little bit of an overreaction. Uh, again, the Hopkins thing, we have a decent sample, because you know, we obviously had some games earlier the season where he was out too, but uh, they just – Didn't get going last week at all, and and that was pretty surprising to see. Also, the Colts really, they drove down and scored in the first drive. Then they blocked a punt and brought that back for a touchdown. It was 14-zip real quick, which is absolutely the ideal scenario for the Colts and how they want to play. We had 12 Carson Wentz attempts all game. Um, Almost all of them were play action, which was wild, too. They ran such heavy play action. But they really didn't do anything offensively. Like They let New England get back in that game late. Because they really stalled out offensively. So, I don't know. I, I just think, I think this is a little bit of an overreaction of recency bias on both ends. And now that we've moved closer to a pick I kind of lead the Cardinals. I don't know that I necessarily take any action here. I did take a play earlier today. Uh, we got a uh, Jonathan Taylor, longest rush prop, over 20 and a half yards. Again, I played this type of bet once this season. Aaron Jones uh, in Arizona against the Cardinals, and he went over so again, just kind of leaning on that explosive play rate for Jonathan Taylor, who has been rolling out of bed and getting 21 yard carries every game for about two months now. So, yeah, I like that.
1: Look, I mean, I think that, so you took that at what DK, right? Yeah. I, I have a feeling that another sports book is going to post a line that's like potentially lower or at the same rate. Like, so if, if you miss the best of the number here, I think that they're another sports book that does not, you know, use the same like line setting techniques is going to probably post a little bit lower. I mean, 20 a half is a lot. Like that's, but the matchup is great. I mean, that's third, dead last, explosive, explosive run rate. So, I mean, seriously,
0: I think he's done it in five or six anyway. Even yeah. you know, and against you know, worse or tougher matchups. So, yeah, be interesting to see. I'll take another piece at a smaller line too because I I think it's a pretty good, pretty good play here. Um, we have to watch Rondell Moore. He got dinged up here a little bit, which is annoying. I only need a couple more yards to push him over a season long prop number. But Christian Kirk has really started to. Solidify his role. Uh, AJ Green pretty much had the same role with Hopkins out. Kirk really took on a massive target share bump, 96% of the dropbacks he was running a route on, and then saw 26% target share. So he could be worth a look here in the prop market as well, if you'd like. But uh yeah, that's all I got for now. I think this is an overreaction. And uh, again, come Christmas Day, we're still hanging out under three. I might take a piece of the Cardinals. All right. The Sunday main slate. We will hop into it here. Tampa Bay is on the road in the division against Carolina. They are laying 10 and a half, 43 and a half is the total here. Chris Godwin injury is a brutal one for the Bucks, especially as they're looking to repeat here. Leonard Fournette, also important too. I mean, he is second on the team in receptions behind Godwin on the season. We know the limitations of Ronald Jones, especially as a pass catcher. We've not really seen what we I think we're expecting coming in the season from Gio Bernard. So interesting to see how this plays out down the stretch. I don't know that it impacts them in a massive way here against the Panthers, but it obviously does matter in the playoffs and moving forward. Antonio Brown, possibly back this week. Uh, He's going to walk back into a pretty sizable void left behind by Godwin and going to be interesting to see what happens here. We got Mike Evans with some hamstring issues. And this camp stuff, man, is rough. Uh, He's just not an NFL caliber quarterback right now. Again, worst quarterback of the week in terms of EPA per play. Completion percentage over expectations, uh, just just bad. Uh, he is going to get the start. Sam Darnold might be active. I don't know that Matt Rule knows what in the world he's doing here. But, again, we're looking at 10.5 in the division. What do you think here, Connor?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's tough, really, really tough to back the Panthers. Um, I mean, I, I will give a shout-out to us, actually, though, for giving a the field yes. goal prop was, I mean, we unloaded the clip last week when Zane Gonzalez, in, in warm-ups, went down on the Panthers. Um, the bills for field goal, bills longest field goal, all of those props. I mean, we were just every subscriber made money last week just because of that, uh, and that's that was an awesome feeling. But in this spot, I think the cam unders are kind of a similar position. If we find them, they didn't post them last week to the last no. minute, and I, and I didn't, I didn't like. I mean, I didn't see them until they were gone because. But some people I did see that saw them. It was still like one seventy, 170, one seventy five. Really? Like Oof. yeah, like. I mean, I'm interested to see they post anything because I think that we're going to see maybe Cam starts plays a drive and then Sam Darnold comes in after Cam throws a pick or just plays terribly for like three drives and then Cam is using like the rushing role and that's it. So um, I'm not taking any Cam overs or any anytime touchdown props. I know that those are and he's had to Cam anytime touchdown props are pretty popular lately, but not in this spot. I'm not into it at all. Both of these defenses are actually top ten in most metrics defensively, um, but the total is adjusted for that for just 43 and a half right now. Uh, I don't think that I can get on board with any overs. And if anything, I think Antonio Brown, though, as you mentioned, his overs can be interesting because he's walking into a situation where he has no target competition, um, like literally none. Even Leonard Fournette, who's been essentially CMC light the past couple of months, uh, you know, is, go- is is out. So now we're looking at A.B. probably getting all the targets to be played. So I think that's a spot to exploit. Otherwise, I think that it's probably a stay away for me.
0: I was trying to find, I would love to get a 28 maybe and see if I could take a bucks under, which is not something we've been doing all season. It's been the complete opposite, trying to get on the right side to take some overs. But again, it's actually kind of a tough matchup. You have Stephon Gilmore, who could be in a spot to handle Mike Evans, who's probably not 100%. They, or the uh, the Panthers actually pretty good against a tight end, so it could be another really heavy grunt game, but they kind of have some good size athletic linebackers and safeties, you know, Jeremy Chin, someone like that can match up pretty well against Gronk. So it's a pretty tough spot for the Bucs. And, again, relying on Gio Bernard, Ronald Jones combination to move the ball is not something that's super exciting. I don't know that I want to be – personally, I don't want any Tom Brady unders, but I also just – like I don't really see the Bucs hanging crooked numbers here on the road uh, in the division. So yeah, uh, that that, would kind of be my lean.
1: What is your feel on Ronald Jones props and DFS play? I feel like he could be, like, I mean, too like too heavily owned, or like maybe his props are too high. I don't know. I just feel like you know, it's it's tough matchup. Like like you said, they could use Geo a little bit more. I don't know. I just don't think that they like Ro- Rojo enough. I don't think they like Rojo a lot either. But I don't know what. Yeah, I
0: haven't seen. I haven't gotten yeah, into DFS those, yet today. Yeah,
1: we don't know any of those numbers yet.
0: So. Yeah, DFS will be tomorrow for me. But uh, yeah, you know that it's not going to take very much for me to. to be on team fade Rojo. Uh, He's just not very good at football and uh, they've made a very loud statement in the last say 15 months of, you know, believing that themselves. So they've moved on and Lenny's been the man. So man, yeah, I think your call on, you know, looking at just an hour before kick, see if the books are brave enough to hang any cam numbers and hit those unders aggressively, I think is, is the play here. Yeah. I think they posted it like right before, like
1: actives last time, like, like, or like right after actives. And then that was like, but I didn't, again, I I didn't see it somehow because I kept refreshing it and then for some reason, like, was not there for like the 20 minutes that they posted it.
0: Yeah. It was on my list, but I never, it was never there. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one Chargers on the road in Houston. Houston getting 10 at home. 45 and a half is the total here. A little extra rest late in the season for the Chargers. Helps, especially with all the roster issues that they have right now Uh, COVID, injuries, you name it. Uh, Tough loss in week 15 against the Chiefs. Um, they should be focused here. They need this one seating very much up in the air in the AFC. Texans stole one on the road in Jacksonville last week, but should be overmatched here. The 10 and a half feels like a lot. Uh, we got Austin Eckler with an addition to the COVID list, which I know is not exciting for you and I and our FFPC team, but uh, any early leans here on the uh, Chargers Houston game?
1: Um, I actually think it's actually uh, like a decent spot for the Chargers here. Um, just because the Texans have had, I mean, some success passing the ball a little bit, but now they face the Chargers ninth in – or, you know, top ten in pass, DV, pass defense DVOA, still, you know, bottom five in run defense DVOA, like struggling against the run. I don't think the Texans are and – they're not good at anything, but, like, Davis Mills and Brandon Cooks have at least some kind of connection where they're able to, you know, connect on a deep ball here and there. Um, now I think, you know, with the Chargers probably being able to lock them up a little bit, um, I think Davis Mills' unders are back in play. I think this could be a good spot to go back to it. Um, because you're probably gonna catch a number that's like in the two thirties. Uh you think it's gonna be that high? Uh I mean last week's open at two thirty-seven and he yeah. Uh I mean I know Sharp Group took the under. And even though he he actually played really well uh, relatively um and still didn't hit the over just because he didn't really have to pass. So yeah.
0: Yeah, that could be a lean. I took uh the Texans team total under. Um I get that at eighteen and a half. I tilt obviously it's kind of irrelevant. I would still take a under on seventeen and a half on the Texans. Yeah, it's too high. Yeah. It's too high. You know, it's kind of the perfect spot for unders or these bad teams on the wrong side of 17. So
1: by the way, my, my unders parlay did not hit last week, but I went like, I'm pretty sure like three or four or five. I hit hit.
0: Uh, the under the bad team unders
1: like of like 17 and a half. The
0: lions and the jets got in the way.
1: Yep. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So your dolphins couldn't hold the fort down and then the lions like hang 30, which is, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, that was the most bizarre game that we've seen in a while.
0: No, but it was. I like the play. I thought it was good. I, I tailed um, a piece of if it for sure. I know if you tailed some
1: of most of them or all of them, then you probably came out with a little bit of money.
0: So, sorry. yeah. Uh, what else we got here? Um, Craig Reynolds has <laughs> uh, been solid. Um, Jamal Williams comes off the COVID list this week, though. So, not great. And then um, Amon Ross Brown is. Uh, Oh, I'm in the wrong game already. Yeah.
1: I was like, wait, wait, wait a second. You're
0: wait, like, wait a, wait a second. I'm we're still uh, in the chargers. chargers still the chargers. Star- still the Star- Star- chargers. Star- um, I, I just want to talk about Craig Reynolds because I know that we were. Uh, that's exciting. That's exciting. me
1: too. But. The
0: Eckler thing sucks. Uh, we had to watch to see if he's out. Justin Jackson will be the first man up here. Um, mostly because he handles the passing down work. So you probably see an annoying amount of, you know, round tree and, um, you know, other guys mixed in there. But, uh, you know, Justin Jackson would be the guy. Hopefully it's Eckler. Be a nice spot for Eckler. And, uh yeah, there's too many points, and let's look for ways to uh, to short the Texans' uh, passing game here. Now we'll move on to the team that we really want to talk about. It's the Lions again. They are on the road in Atlanta. Atlanta is laying six points. 42.5 is the total. These are just two bad teams. Uh, this is really a hard one to handicap. Again, analytics couldn't account for grit and determination last week. Uh, Dan Campbell cares not about his draft position. He wants W's and They're continuing to fight. They want to continue to win. And, uh, hey, they're trying to build a culture of winning. I'm not surprised that they really don't care about jeopardizing a couple spots in what looks like a pretty weak draft anyway. But uh, on the road against the Falcons, who I don't know what they do well. They are really one of the worst defensive teams in the league. They are 31st in offensive EPA over the last month and a half. They're really a a tough sell at six and a half. So uh, any thoughts on this really, really gross matchup?
1: dude, I, I don't understand how this isn't like three, like just, I mean, like three seems like a very normal line. Like, I don't really understand why the, like you mentioned, like why are the Falcons significantly better than the lions? Um, it's
0: getting bad too, because it's been five and then it was five and a half and it was six. It went back down to five and a half and now it's back up at six in some spots. So I mean, I mean, look, it's like, they're getting some action.
1: That being said, I'm not on the lions. I mean, I'm not the the lions.
0: No, Jared Goff is on the Kobe list. Yeah. So not like, not oh, Goss does doesn't batter, matter, but, yeah. <laughs> but like Tim Boyle is not a dude that we, do we really want to take less than a touchdown on the road with Tim Boyle? Like, ugh, I, yeah. I,
1: I don't. but I, I do feel good for Dan Campbell. I mean, he's by winning how many games he's won with the roster that he has. I think I feel like he's jo- locked up job security for at least another year. I mean, like for, I
0: think they love him. I don't think he's in any
1: danger of going anywhere. No 0% even though he's like the team is, god-awful for the most part like i mean they've they won a good game and they won another game and they tied another game Mm
0: -hmm. so why not yeah i don't think he's going anywhere that's a new whole new like thing right they got a new gm like they got a whole new vibe going there i don't think he's in any jeopardy of a one-and-done like david collie and the texans he could be one and done but uh, dan campbell is is locked in so he does seem like a dude the guys want to play for so again That's a tough draw in Detroit for a free agent destination. But if you got a a real players coach in every sense of the word, uh, a really good behind the scenes clip uh, from the locker room post uh, post game there. And those dudes just love playing for that dude. So yeah, I don't know. I've been hesitant and I don't know, maybe this is a spot to, to get there. Russell Gage has just not been a guy that I've been in on, but like he is getting a massive workload. So target share the past three weeks, Thirty percent, twenty three percent, thirty nine percent. with a ten and a half adot. So, like, I'm thinking of you know Russell Gage, and I'm thinking of you know Dink and Dunk and little mm-hmm. stuff around the line of scrimmage. You know, Cole Beasley ish, and to know he is being used like down the field. We know how bad this line secondary is, so maybe some Russell Gage props are relevant here. Um Amon Ross Saint Brown is a guy I wanted to talk about too. Like, he's kind of russell gage-ish like he is seeing target shares in the 30s for like three straight weeks he was used in the backfields both like as a runner and they were throwing passes to him last week like craig reynolds our boy was just being used off tackle um but he's been kind of in that like swift role and i don't know maybe there's a, a little mini dfs correlation stack here but in the prop market we can get some like Amon Ross, St. Brown, and maybe this game goes over, and these guys are stacking up receptions.
1: Yeah, I mean Amon Ross, St. Brown is like basically their only viable guy with a pulse. Like he's like the only guy who can do anything offensively, and so they're feeding the ball to him, and he's actually done really well. So yeah, I mean good
0: for him. That's really all I got in this one. It is gross. Um, yeah, I, I don't have for it. Yeah, both the team totals are a little on the wrong side of key numbers. I like get just as kind of a, a stay away. So. Uh, we'll move on to the next one. This is a kind of a playoff game, basically, of Baltimore on the road in Cincinnati. Cincinnati, two and a half point favorites, 45 and a half is the total. As we mentioned earlier with the Browns, basically every game played by an AFC North team right now is impactful as far as the playoff pitcher goes, especially a head to head matchup because the division is wide open. I think the Bengals' signature win the season was their week seven curb stomping of the Ravens in Baltimore. At that point, we didn't really know what to make of the Bengals because. They hadn't played anybody, and they looked good, but we didn't really know what to make of it. And then they crushed the, the Ravens there and uh, kind of put them on the map. But uh, we don't really know what to do here. We have no idea on the status of Lamar Jackson. But I think it's interesting that we don't know, and this is still posted at 2.5 everywhere. So I think that kind of feels like they're telling us that he's going to be active. I don't think I, – I feel like the line would be different. I feel like it would be above yeah. 2.5, right, if, if Lamar's out. so Oh,
1: yeah. Um, I mean, Huntley's playing It's This is like six and a half or five and a half. Yeah. I mean, I think that if Lamar plays, this is probably like a pick.
0: Um, So is there there some value then? Do you think it moves in? You're probably right. That natural news that like the way our brain works is when that news fires. yeah. 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 So is there some value on the Ravens here? Possibly getting two and a half points that you won't get once we get Lamar announced?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you think Lamar plays, though, I just don't know if he. If he didn't practice today. It's Wednesday, and he didn't practice. I mean, I have no idea. Uh, I mean, that's the issue is with. I'm like you. You mentioned this actually like, probably ten times. Mm-hmm. How are these sports with hanging lines on guys when they don't know are going to play? Like, like I mentioned, I really think that that's the the split is like pick to seven is probably like the split between Lamar and Huntley. And so, like, either way, I mean, like maybe they're just trying to bait you because they think like are very confident Lamar is not going to play. And then they're catching like people still betting Ravens minus two and a half. And they're going to get a seven. Like, I don't know. I, I don't understand the risk management strategy on this. I would actually love to learn more on like who is doing this, or maybe it's like a competition between the sports, which is trying to gain market share of trying to post the most lines. I don't, I don't know why they're doing this. Maybe their limits are super low. Uh, again, you know, I'm not trying to max the limit on either side here because I don't know either. So, yeah. um, I don't know. I I think it's, it's kind of a tough spot to really lay aside, but I'm curious
0: on the aspect of how they move this market, and why they set the line they do. So I know some offshores that are pretty impactful as far as, you know, dictating lines. Some, some of the early players have had this off the board. They've had a lot of things off the board, but these regulated books in the States are posting everything. So it's a very Mm -hmm. interesting dichotomy between, to your point, I think there's like the, the risk management piece. There is the the market share of wanting to get, you know, be that book that has everything and you can get down on stuff. We've seen it. everyone be really reluctant to put anything out there in the prop market. I think we'll probably see that again tonight. I mean, nothing till
1: like Saturday.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, but they're not, they have no problem hanging out in size total. So I do think you make a good point because I, I think that this is probably a correct number or close to the correct number with Lamar, but, yeah. The way this works is that the market's going to react to the Lamar news and instantly want to get down on some of that. So that does Im- impact this one quite a bit. Um, hard to know what to do with it outside of it. Mark Andrews has been a target beast um, the last two games with Huntley. So that's very interesting. It, you know, Maybe those are nice spots to go back to if it is a Huntley game again. Mark Andrews' receptions over can't be high enough in this spot. Um, I don't know. We have a Joe Mixon watch. He's probably going to be good to go. Tweaked his ankle late in the game against Denver, uh, likely a full go. The Cincy receivers are tough. It's like whack-a-mole. This would be a spot that we should be probably talking about one of them or maybe multiple of them, but like there seems to be no rhyme or reason as far as who's popping and why they're popping. But, again, this is a Ravens secondary that is decimated. Again, no Marlon Humphrey. It's been something we've been trying to target the last few weeks, especially in the prop market. So, you know, maybe this is a T. Higgins game. Maybe this is a spot where we see – you know, Jamar Chase get back on the wagon. We haven't seen much from him for the last month plus or so. Uh, so we'll have to watch and see what happens here. But hold until we know what happens. But uh, I think if you have an early lean, I think it's definitely interesting to maybe get down early if you were leaning uh, on, the, uh, on the Baltimore side or on the Bengals side, maybe this is the, the right place to go. So, all right, we'll move on. Next one, Jacksonville on the road in New York against the Jets. Oh, gosh. Uh, Jets are one-point favorites at home. 41 is the total. I don't know. Maybe there's some flop lag on the post urban Meyer bump. It didn't happen last week against the Texans. Houston dominated the Jags. Now Jacksonville heading North to New York. Uh, just a brutal game. Top two picks in April's draft. Both struggled to get anything going. I think they, I saw that they have like three combined passing touchdowns in the last like six weeks or something ridiculous. Like it hasn't been good and has not been good. Um, Now you basically got the entire Jets roster added to the COVID list today, uh, including head coach Robert Salah. Like, I don't know. Again, we don't know what's going to happen. Are these guys going to be, you know, active come game time because of these new rules and what's going to happen? I have no idea. Jets, Jags, Connor, uh, any appetite?
1: No. I mean, straight up, no.
0: All right. I'm with you.
1: Yeah, there's nothing here. I, there's nothing here. Like, what? I, I don't think that we need to force anything here. Like, there's just you want to bet on two bad teams. I mean, enjoy misery. I don't know. I mean,
0: take the point. I, you don't even take the points. Like, no, I don't want the points. No, I don't want the points where- because
1: I don't want the under because they're going to have like three pick sixes and somehow at the over. And <laughs> I definitely don't want the over because I'm not banking on them scoring touchdowns. So yeah, yep, not a what-
0: Uh, Another playoff game, Buffalo on the road in New England. New England is laying two points at home. 43.5 is the total here. We're going to have some weather here, I think. A little bit of rain, maybe some winds. Hopefully not as much wind as we saw last time. I don't think we got a true sense of really how these teams match up. But, again, should see a more balanced offensive strategy from the Patriots considering uh, that they ran it 46 times last time they played. Uh, Again, this is a playoff game. Huge in terms of seeding the Patriots basically lock up the division here with a win. And then the bills are really in a tough spot with a bunch of teams surprisingly fighting to make the playoffs, which is not something that we would have thought of maybe even four or five weeks ago. So kind of crazy spot here. Uh, Any thoughts here on uh, new England minus two?
1: I guess my, my thought, like my concern is like how this game plays out in terms of like the coaching standpoint. So like Bill Belichick just ran all over the bills. Right. So, I know there, it was weather impacted, right? Like the weather kind of pushed, like forced his hand to do that, right? But they knew that they were running and they couldn't stop it. So what is stopping Bill Belichick from doing the exact same thing, right? Like that's what I keep coming back to is like how like how are the Bills going to game plan differently to stop the run and how is Bill Belichick going to adjust? Like so say they stop the run for like a quarter, you know, like and they, like, they can't run the ball at all like, does Bill Belichick shift to, like, a pass-heavy approach? They spread it 5 wide, But that doesn't really make sense because the Bills' passive is still, like, awesome. Um, so I, I probably think they still go run-heavy here. Um, I don't think it's going to be, like, Mac Jones' three pass attempts run-heavy, but, right. like, maybe he has, like, less than, like, 25. Um, so I think he's catching some unders there. It could be still be interesting because at the end of the day, like, regardless of the weather, like, I don't think that passing against the Bills is really the right idea.
0: Probably going to get Damian Harris back, too. Did not play – against the Colts with that hamstring injury. He was back at practice today, so that's encouraging. Um, one thing also, we didn't see a lot of uh, running, scrambling or design runs from Josh Allen last week, which is notable because that is obviously a big piece of, of their success. Remember, he got dinged up uh, that foot injury late in that Buccaneers game a couple weeks ago. Again, they didn't have to because they had control of that game against the Panthers last week, but you know they don't have that even in their bag to get, you know, his ceiling on, on runs. I, that's a problem. They really, they need that. So Cole Beasley out here uh, because of COVID unvaccinated. So he has no shot of, of playing. We also have a uh, Manny Sanders did not play last week either. Cause he is dinged up a little bit um, practiced in a limited fashion. But again, this sets up for a really clear path to Gabe Davis to eat again. Um, I took a Gabe Davis prop today over 46 and a half receiving yards. Again, he's gone from a, 40% route run uh, rates to about 90 in the last two weeks. This is a really nice spot for him. Uh, again, he saw seven targets, hauled in five last week for 85 and two scores, 46 and a half in a spot where I think they're going to need to pass. Sets up well for for Gabe Davis, if that's still out there while you're listening. So um, also we're going to watch Devin Singletary, I, You know, not a a guy that we typically don't talk about any Bills running backs, but nearly an every down player last week, Ninety-three percent of the snaps. Matt Breda played four percent of the snaps, and Zach Moss was a healthy scratch again. So maybe there are some low, just kind of median outcome numbers hung for Singletary. So maybe there's something in the prop market there, but at least worth noting to keep an eye on because you know we just that's kind of the bugaboo on the Bills running backs is that these dudes play forty percent of the snaps, they go empty on ten to fifteen percent, and there's never anything here. For, and all of a sudden we got a dude playing ninety-three percent of the snaps.
1: I mean, haven't we been like? I feel like we've been caught in this trap before, though. Like, haven't we been caught in the trap of like, oh, like Moss is going to be the guy? Like, you know, last season at some point. And we never had
0: this though. I agree with you. Yeah, we it's never, never been it.
1: not this extreme. You're right. You're right. Yeah,
0: and this is a pretty extreme. You have to wait and see because all of a sudden they could yeah. have he could be active on game day.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to wait another week, and if we have a two week sample, then maybe maybe that's you know foolish because I'm not going to get the best of the numbers certainly on yeah. buying low, but. Um, I don't know. It's just a little bit concerning to me. I feel like the, the bills rushing usage has been so volatile the last three ish years that uh, it's tough for me to trust that they're going to give Singletary again, a 90% plus snap share.
0: Yeah. I'm going to pass anyway. I already have one bills prop against the Patriots. That's enough for me. I don't need to have two bills props against the Pats, but uh, yeah, it's going to be a great game and one of the best of the weekend and obviously massive, massive playoff implications. It's a playoff game for all intents and purposes. it, It is a playoff game. So should be good stuff. Hopefully the weather cooperates and it's not too, too bad. All right. Next we have the Rams on the road in Minnesota, Minnesota catching three at home. 49 is a total here uh, in true Vikings fashion, really impressive that they waited until the final play of the game against the bears to keep their streak alive. The late bears touchdown at the buzzer made it a one score game, which has been the case for 13 of the 14 games for the Vikings this season. They, refuse to play in any blowouts um they are getting points at home this week catching the rams on a quick turnaround obviously rams playing on tuesday uh with all the covid stuff going on here it just feels like a spot connor where we know that the vikings play good against good teams and bad against bad teams should we just take the points at home
1: yeah i'm, I'm actually interested in the, in the vikings here i think that that's probably the right side um I, the Vikings always play at their level of competition. Uh, and so in this sense, I think it's a kind of a good thing and you're getting three points at home. As you mentioned, it's not like the match was overly imposing. So yeah, I, I probably lean towards the Vikings at home.
0: Sal, I just want to note Sal just absolutely destroying the overlays uh, in the images on the video. <laughs> if you're listening to the podcast forum, definitely worth checking out the YouTube page. Cause Sal is uh, absolutely crushing the graphics tonight. We have a little bit of the uh, Kurt Warner Uh, Not Kurt Warner, the actor who's playing Kurt Warner in the movie that comes out on Christmas Day. Uh, So this is this is so good, great stuff. So Um, yeah, no, I'm with you. I think that this is probably uh, the Vikings are probably the side. I'd be interested in maybe a three and a half if we can get that. Feels a little bit better. Nice matchup for a couple of pass catchers here. Cooper Cup has been insane. I saw I forgot to note it. Field Yates had a tweet today. Uh, The fantasy point difference from Cooper Cup as like receiver one to Tyreek Hill, who's receiver two is like 89 PPR points. That's, that's the same gap from Tyreek. Who's number two to Adam Thielen. Who's number 20. Like Cooper cup has been a league winner in a massive, massive, massive way. All time record with 10 games over 90 receiving yards. Consecutive. Like that is nuts. Like this is, it is insane. What Cooper cup is doing. Again, Vikings secondary is porous. And now we have a spot, too, on the other side where maybe the offenses are working and pushing each other because Justin Jefferson should have a field day against this Rams defense who's given it up a little bit. Again, like, Ramsey's not fully healthy. He's been dealing with some stuff. He doesn't shadow. We don't know about Thielen. He's kind of limited. Like, this is a spot where those two should probably ball out.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I think that the over is probably the right spot. I think Vikings team total over 23 is interesting Um, just because I don't really see either offense struggling that bad and the defenses are not like imposing at all. It's, especially the Vikings defense is not, but I mean the Rams defense is a pretty on and off. So,
0: Yep. Uh, should be good. We'll wait and see what happens with Thielen, but uh, yeah, my lean would be Minnesota. I'd be, I'd be looking for a three and a half if I can get it. And uh, yeah, team total could be interesting. I've been waiting for 22s, 22 and a uh, I don't think that those are coming back. So I'll move on to the uh, NFC East matchup here. We have the giants on the road in Philly. Philly is laying 10 at home. 40 and a half is the total. Giants pulling the plug on Daniel Jones for the season. Riding with the backup duo of Mike Glennon and Jake Fromm. Um, They are being very coy about who they are starting this week because they want to keep the Eagles clearly on their toes because obviously game planning for this uh, would be drastically different. So a lot of gamesmanship coming from Joe Judge. Massively respecting uh, what he has going on there. But it's it's just a mess. I mean, Saquon is splitting carries with Devontae Booker. Kenny Galladay never really got started this year. We know the story with poor Sterling Shepard. He just can't stay on the field. Um, It's just kind of a mess. But again, this is the lowest team total on the slate. Uh, There are some 14 and a half out there on the Giants, which is just uh, rough to get behind. Uh, But 10 feels like a ton with this Eagles team that, I don't know, like offensively they can just – Lay an egg sometimes, but again, the Giants are pretty bad. Connor, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, 10 is too much for me to be excited about. Um, But at the same time, like, I I wish that Glennon would start. So that way we just take Mike Glennon unders for the rest of our lives. I mean, just get Rich off taking the under on Mike Glennon. He's terrible. He's so bad. So bad. Just awful.
0: Um, I think we're going to be able to get an under here anyway.
1: You think so? I mean, like, I don't know. You think he starts?
0: I mean, are, are you afraid of Jake Fromm unders?
1: No. No, yeah. no, no, no. I, so mean, I think
0: we yeah. can probably still have a play.
1: Yeah, I mean, anything close to, like, relatively close to 200, I think is viable. My only concern with these types of games, like, Philly's passiveness is, like, not not that good. Um, that's yeah. the only – my only concern about these types of games is that, like, as long as you have someone that's, like, reasonably good, like top 12, top 10, I feel pretty good about, like, bad QB unders. Uh, if they're not, which the Philly, you know, secondary by the metrics is not, um, I got a little bit more
0: scared. One thing I would say that I think – and would make me want to play it is because the Eagles love to run the ball. They're good at running the ball. Yeah, volume just, should be low, right? Volume should be a little bit lower, right? That just mm-hmm. keeps the clock moving. So even if the garbage time rate is a little bit higher, it's probably a little bit reduced, at least the risk in the second half of some of those dink and dunk stuff. But i uh, will have to wait and see. I, I think, yeah, like you said, if somewhere in the 190s, I'll probably, probably tell you on that one because I know that'll be a look that you, uh, that you get to take. Always. Yeah. All right, next we have uh, Chicago on the road in Seattle. Both these teams with kind of short weeks. Seattle six-and-a-half-point favorites at home. 43 is the total here. Yeah, I don't know what to make of this game. I mean, Seattle is set to have their first losing record with Russ at quarterback. The Bears are abysmal offensively. Yeah. Um, Justin Fields dinged up with his ankle. That's really the only exciting thing. They're really mixing in a bunch of dudes too. Like I think Darnell Mooney is pretty darn good, pretty exciting, but like we're seeing a lot of like JaKeem Grant and you know they're starting to use a little, you know Allen Robinson like we thought they would early in the season. It's just kind of a mess. There's not a lot on the Bears side. It feels like too many points, but like I don't know. I, I I lean Bears team total under. I think that might be a play, but again, the Seahawks are a team that we've been reluctant to Take those spots on because their defense is pretty bad. They showed up in division on Tuesday nights, but like, I don't know. I don't have much here, Connor. What do you think?
1: No, I don't either. I think that if it if it ever got to seven, I would actually consider the Bears. I'm just not really sold on the Seahawks squad. That like as you mentioned, I mean, just did not show up at all uh, on Tuesday against the Rams. Here, I mean, scored just ten points. Um, but this is after scoring thirty three against the Texans and thirty against the uh, Forty Nine ers. I kind of thought that they were, you know, hashtag back. You know, I thought they were they were like all the way back and so a 10 point showing was you know pretty disappointing um and but again it depends on this bears team this bears team was demolished like they're starting you know a worse secondary potentially than detroit which is you know the worst in the league like against uh you know last week and
0: they still like i mean they still played all right but like it was
1: it was not good it's not good
0: it's not good it's a mess uh no real early feels there uh again just we don't know what's going to happen to quarterback and again this is a Andy Dalton game who knows well, we don't know about Tyler lockett's the yeah just kind of a, a stay away f- for me um, I lean I would lean under if maybe we got a 44 but uh no positions currently. We'll go with uh, another meaningful AFC potential wildcard playoff game with Denver on the road against Las Vegas. Uh, the Raiders are one point favorites here 45 and a half is the total. We had a scary moment last week with Teddy Bridgewater's concussion. He'll be out. This will be a Drew Locke game. (laughs) He'll be in charge of keeping the Broncos' playoff hopes alive. Raiders did exactly that last week with that last-second field goal on Monday night against the Browns. We've really seen two months' worth of bad offenses from the Raiders. Like Other than that little blimp that they had on Thanksgiving against Dallas, they're 24th in offensive EPA since Week 8. They have scored more than 16 points just once that game on uh, their past seven games this though was a pretty high scoring game the first time they met uh, 34-24 back in week seven uh the drew lock thing adds a layer of variance that i do not have a stomach for connor what are your thoughts here
1: i mean i get it but i think that i'm still into the broncos here i mean the raiders now i mean we've talked about this every single week on this they're show. not good since since the bye they've scored 16 against the giants 14 against the, Chiefs, 13 against the Bengals. The one game that was outlier, 36, 36 against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Other mm-hmm. than that, 15 against the Washington football team, 9 against the Chiefs again, 16 against the Browns team, which was just playing an entire B League squad. You know, they had no one from their active roster. Like, this team can't score above 17 points if their life's depended on it outside of Thanksgiving, which for some reason they played well. Uh, I'm on the under on the team total of Raiders. I think the Broncos are still the side, but still, I think, I think the under is probably the player against it. A Broncos defense, which has been up and down, but still I think it's probably the right look.
0: Yeah, I consider the Broncos or the Raiders teams a little under as well. Um, didn't make the card from a write-up standpoint. But it, or it's didn't on the make wrong side of key
1: number, that's why. I mean, that's, yeah. I get it. But, like, I mean, 21 points is even feels like a lot. Like, in this game, Broncos are going to run the ball. Raiders don't have – I mean, they don't
0: have an identity. I don't know what they're going to do, but they don't have an identity. Yeah, um, Josh Jacobs has not been good. When they don't have – uh, Darren Waller, which they probably won't again. He has not practiced since getting dinged up in that Cowboys game. So, like, again, it's going to be Hunter Renfro and a mix of a bunch of other random dudes, you know, the Brian Edwards, Zay Jones. Zay uh, Jones. Yeah, so, like, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe, it's just, it's Drew Locke, man. It's like, he's so, that's he's why all... you just take the Raiders under and not mess with any Broncos-related yeah. stuff. He's the
1: most all-over-the-place ever, like, <laughs> He'll he'll be the worst quarterback in the NFL and then turn in just an incredible performance randomly in week like 17.
0: Yeah, Hunter Renfro let me down a little bit. I took his over on receptions on Monday after like basically beating it in the first quarter last game. Uh, I think he had like three catches in the first quarter and then basically airballed the rest of the game. So that was very, very strange to see. But uh, maybe the the BFFs have a meeting and they get back on the same page and uh, maybe this is a good spot for, for Renfro again. All right, next game, uh, Washington on the road in Dallas. Dallas laying 10.5 at home, 47.5 is the total. This is the Cowboys' first home game since that Thanksgiving game against the Raiders. Uh, they won all three of these road games that they just had. They have basically have the division locked up. Um, they are actually now, with the losses last week from Tampa Bay and Arizona, Dallas sits in the two-seed in the NFC playoffs, which is Again, considering how they've played, even though they won those three games, they really haven't. we haven't seen that top-shelf offense that we saw early in the season from them. But here they are. The defense has played well, and they've got it done enough. Um, really, the football team kind of crossed themselves off the list when they lost that game a couple of weeks ago at home against the Cowboys here. They have a ton of COVID issues. It has been running wild through their locker room. Unsure about who's going to be active here for them. Uh, Ten and a half, though, in the division. What do you think?
1: Yeah, no, I, I this is tough because, we again, we don't know if it's going to be there for the football team. We saw them trot out Garrett Gilbert, um, and he was, I mean, better than we thought, to be he honest. Was. But, uh, I mean, also, he would have uh, – there was Travis from our Discord, shout out, under 196 passing yards. Uh, and he got to 197 and then threw a pass backwards on the last play. It finished in 194, Woo. and I didn't take it. But, I mean, God, I would have been tilting my face off. I mean, it would have been just crazy. Um, so, you know, shout out Travis, if he took that, hope that was an awesome sweat. Um, but this football team, I, at this point they're, they're a disaster. They're a train wreck Cowboys team. Again, I'm not really not that confident in them, which to be honest, it feels weird because they've been winning games, but their offense really hasn't looked all that good. Um, they haven't been quite the same as what I I really thought they were. And early on in the season, I feel like they were playing a lot better, at least, you know, midway through the season, you know, putting up a lot more numbers than they are now.
0: Yeah, if you look and you go and pull some, you know, have fun with numbers and pull some of these last couple of months and you're looking at, like, composite EPA per play and completion percentage over expectation, like, Dak is in, like, the high 20s out of, you know, 35, 36 guys that would that would qualify based on snaps played. He's, he's down there towards the bottom. They just haven't been good. Even last week, 21 points against the Giants, a team that really defensively is nothing that we're scared of. They have – Full allotment of weapons, like they didn't have any COVID issues last week. They had Tony Pollard back. Um, Dalton Schultz is dealing with an injury. We'll need to watch that one as well. Um, If he's out, that could, since they really don't have a pass-catching tight end behind him, obviously with Blake Jarwin out, that could open up some stuff for the receivers, maybe a little bit more of a concentrated look for those guys. So maybe there's something there in the prop market against the Washington secondary that we've been looking to attack all season. So um, that might be the way to go here. Next, we have a really difficult game handicap. I don't know how long we can go on. Pittsburgh at Kansas City. Uh, this Again, surprise surprises out there. 7.5 is the number currently. Uh, it was got up to 10, but um, obviously some pretty substantial COVID issues on the KC side. 44.5 is the total. Again, like I, I'm very tempted to take uh, a position here on the Chiefs because right now Tyreek and Travis Kelsey are out, and... Again, both apparently are vaccinated, and if there is, um, seems to be a loosening of precautions here, and like guys being, I don't know what's going to happen, but all of a sudden we get uh, this Chiefs team. I I just like it, but I don't know what to do with the Connor. Uh, What do you think here?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really unsure to be honest. Like, it is one of those things where I'm staying away for now. But I mean, seven and a half against the Steelers. Like, what is this? What do you think this is at full like full strength? 10, 10. Yeah, probably 10. Um, yeah. so seven and a half is stealing. And I think, uh, if you get most of these guys playing like close or like, like we think they're going to play, you know, combining this teaser option with a bunch of different plays could be awesome actually. Like, because you're like basically locking in one leg of something that, you know, like if, if you get any of them combined healthy, instead of playing the seven and a half, I'd almost rather just like tease it down to like one right away and just be, no, like, that's you exactly- know, locked in.
0: It's exactly what I was going to say is what I'm considering doing just to get something in here uh, while it moves. Cause I think that, well, I don't know. I don't know how fast it moves, but it was 10. Um, and it looked like it might be going to 10 and a half based on some juice. Again, the kind of the way that this, the chiefs have been playing of late, especially defensively, like they are, they're built to destroy Pittsburgh here. Um, they get up early and can start to pressure the quarterback and not let the Steelers kind of control the pace. Then, Ben is forced to throw the offensive line is poor. Like there's just a lot of ways here where the chiefs, after all the hand wringing in all of the early season consternation around them, here we are three 16. They're the number one scene, the AFC and favorites for home field advantage. Like they control their destiny. And again, I knew that it's not the chiefs team that we've seen in the past, but I think they are playing the one seven straight. They're playing better football. Again, they are a very different team. I'd imagine without Tyreek and Travis Kelsey. We've never seen that in the last few years, but uh, taking those two dudes out of the lineup again, they balled out uh, against the chargers in a big, big way last week. So again, we have to wait and see what happens here, but uh, chiefs in a tease makes a lot of sense right now. Like Connor said teasing them under the three. All right, next Miami on the road against the saints on Monday nights. Saints are three point favorites. This total continues to get hammered down. 38 is the line um this is a great graphic Um kevin james uh as sean payton which is everything we need in our life i cannot wait to sit down with the family and watch uh that one it's gonna be incredible but uh this one's ugly connor this is your dolphins team Uh, tough matchup against a uh saints defense that shut out the bucks against shorthanded bucks but they also only scored nine points and uh yeah what are your thoughts here
1: yeah. I mean, they just have the bucks numbers. Like, I feel like, like they, I, they just are like, that's just like their thing. Like they, they understand how to stop them. And I, I don't really understand why, but they just do. Uh, I mean, they, they have last year and this year, I feel like that's just been kind of their thing. Um, So I don't really, I don't really take that too much into account here in terms of like the transitive of like, Oh, if they can stop the bucks, they can definitely stop the dolphins because which would definitely make sense. But uh, the dolphins now, I mean, what is it, Six straight wins. So yeah. Six straight wins. Albeit against the Texans, the Jets, the yeah. Panthers, the Giants, the Jets again. They've, they beat, and they one barely the, beat the
0: Jets. It was 24 24 late. Yeah. yeah.
1: And they beat the Ravens, which was good. That's it, though. The rest have been terrible. So I don't know. I don't have the stomach to back the Dolphins at three. I'm surprised that the Dolphins at plus three are even like a thing. I thought it would be close to like four and a half, four, uh, if I were to spread, make a spread in this game. At the same time, I'm not back in the Saints either. So, Probably stay away from me. I Again, I, you know, what? I always get soft on the Dolphins and I always back down, but that's just because the first seven whatever, eight weeks, they were just awful. So.
0: Yeah. We're sorry that we couldn't get really in this week. We just don't know yet. There's just not a lot to, to know. So thank you for hanging out with us. Um, we'll do our best to try, again, get in our Discord. That is really the best place to be because uh, we can react and have conversations in the moment and react to things as we get news. This is kind of the opposite of what, you know, we kind of preach as far as how to approach these games. We want you to get down as early as possible because we want you to be able to beat the market because betting sides and totals on Saturday nights and Sunday mornings is pretty uh, negative EV long-term. You were just not going to be, I'm not going to say not, but it's going to be very difficult for you to be profitable. Um, the, Bookmakers are really good at what they do. So, but right now we have to kind of be reactionary to the news, and the best place to get that news is in the Discord. So, join us again uh, in the show notes. You can find out how to get a subscription and get that access because we are firing NBA props. We're having a good start, and uh, again, the things that Connor's talking about are things we can only do in the Discord. We we can't fire off, you know, Bill's first field goal on the show. You know, those things only happen in the moments. We can't fire off. Alex Len under five and a half assists <laughs> um, on a show because those things happen really fast in the discord. So those are things that we want you to be able to take advantage. Like Connor mentioned earlier, the field goal cool, props. Oh man. The best part though, dude, like you mentioned, everyone won. Like every, everyone, like we, you know, we have probably, uh, I don't know. There's a few hundred people in there. We probably have a hundred plus really active people. And I feel like a good chunk of people got down on, on the bills number uh, on that field goal so so it was good this is the best part so um we like shutting down books on the specials all those things are great community pieces so we want you to have some fun with us and, and hang out so thanks for hanging out here again we will be back on thursday tomorrow halftime of the titans and niners game to do the prop drop show with prop stars so for connor i'm ryan we will see you tomorrow night